You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, beloved. Welcome back. Welcome home, Alexander Baptist Church, ministry, podcast, Doctrine and Duty. It's me again. Brian Ray here with you, Pastor Brian, Dr. Brian J. Ray. And we're back with the Abstract of Principles, um, one of the uh, founding documents, theological treatises, Abstract Principles, one of the uh, theological foundations of Southern Baptist life. So uh, today we find ourselves in section six, which is titled The Fall of Man. By the way, hope you're doing great today. Um, the purpose of doctrine and duty is to connect your head and your heart, uh, to connect your belief with your life choices, to assist you in remembering what it is the Word of God says, and how then shall we live as a result of what the Word of God says. So this podcast ministry is meant to encourage you to come alongside your devotion life, your church membership and ministry life, and to really encourage you, maybe take you to the next level theologically, spiritually, uh, encourage you, or maybe ground you theologically, spiritually, keep you where you need to be, take you to the next level, um, provide you with encouragement, strength for the journey, and uh, helping you find yourself faithful to the Lord, faithful to your family, and faithful to your church. So, section six, the fall of man. Well, uh, for example... Uh, number seven is the mediator. I'm going to get real excited about the mediator. Then we're going to talk about regeneration. I'm excited about providence, election, the fall of man. Yeah, this is a doctrine that is sad. Because as this begins, we see how sad it is. God originally created man in his own image and free from sin. How glorious. But through the temptation of Satan, he, he being man, he transgressed the command of God and fell from his original holiness and righteousness, whereby his posterity, yeah, that's us, inherit a nature corrupt and wholly opposed to God and his law, are under condemnation, and as soon as they are capable of moral action, become actual transgressors. So let's, let's begin to break this down, and let's look to the Word of God to shepherd our hearts as well. It says, God originally created man in his own image. We know this to be absolutely biblical. Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I remember when I first <clears throat> learned a little bit about the, the doctrine of creation and the fact that we are made in the image of God. I just assumed that meant that we looked like God, you know, the fact that our heads were shaped a certain way, our bodies were shaped a certain way, and we could be anywhere between three foot to 10 foot tall and somehow some way that we would physically represent God and his image. Later came to understand that is totally false. Um, the Bible says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So we know the father is spirit. He doesn't have human form. And so if it says we're made in his image, it can't be the physical image. So there's this this understanding that we have this capability of knowing and being known, this capability of, of knowledge, this capability of relationship and things such as this, as what it means to be created in the image of God, uh, created in this glorious way to be the crown of God's creation, to be the one living thing that can have a personal relationship with God. 
It's glorious. So God originally created man in his own image, Genesis 1.27, and free from sin. But, the but comes in there, Genesis 3, 1-7, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, mm, yummy, and that it was a delight to the eyes, beautiful, and that the tree was, was to be desired to make one wise, I can be like God, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin cloths. So here we have the, the tragic story of the fall of man, the tragic story of where humanity chose sin and self over God and the ways of God. So God originally created man in his own image and free from sin. Woohoo! But, bad, bad, through the temptation of Satan, he transgressed the command of God. He, why is it saying he? I mean, Eve clearly started this whole process. You know, Adam is the federal head of man. Man is the head of the woman. Man is the head of humanity. That's the way God set it up. It was a positional thing, not meant to upset anyone or shake up any feelings or launch some sort of uh, feminist agenda, assault, attack. It's just the way God set it up. That's God's plan. So what that also does is that that takes pressure off of Eve. Adam was with her. He should have stopped her. He should have led and shepherded her in such a way that she would have rejected Satan's ploys. So he transgressed the command of God, he along with the woman, obviously, and fell from his original holiness and righteousness. What about the results of the fall? Genesis 3, 8 and following. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. By the way, that's beautiful, poetic language. To hear the sound of God walking in the garden, knowing that God doesn't have human form. They heard, felt, and sensed the presence and the glory of God. Wow. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Why would they hide? Because they had sinned. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Not because God was having a moment of, uh, of non-omniscience, but to call attention to Adam's sin. Where are you? Adam, where are you in relationship to me? Adam, you are uh, the first, the progenitor of the human race. Adam, I created you free from the taint of sin. Adam, what have you done? so to speak. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Of course, again, God, this is not new information, and God is seeking information that he doesn't already know. He is seeking to challenge and convict Adam. The man said, the woman, the woman whom you, you, God, gave to me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Hmm, isn't it interesting how we how we lay blame. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent, the serpent. He deceived me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Wait a minute. What does that mean? Serpent, snakes. Does that mean that they walked, that they were upright, that they climbed trees, not slithered up trees? I do not know. 
All I know is that as a curse, as a part of the curse, they now do slither on their bellies. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Satan will always kick at, fight at, scratch at the people, the kingdom, the ways, the word of God. But Jesus brought the crushing blow. He, the seed of the woman, Jesus, born of a virgin, shall bruise, shall crush your head. Beautiful prophecy. This is, by the way, the proto-euangelion, or what we would consider to be the first gospel. Verse 16, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. So part of the curse is this pain in childbearing and the rulership of man over woman. In verse 17, and and to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken your dust, and to dust you shall return. Wow. What a story. When you read Genesis 1 and 2, the beautiful creation story of God, when you read God created man in his own image, male and female created in the image of God, how glorious it is, and then we see that man transgressed the command of God. And as a result of his transgression, his sin, his rebellion, he fell from his original holiness and righteousness. This is what's called the fall of man. It's not talking about he tripped and fell, but he fell from grace, this position of favor. He fell from his original holiness and righteousness as a result of his transgression. So he is free from sin, and that freedom from sin placed him in a position of holiness and righteousness. He gave that up by transgressing the command of God. And then we see the result of it, whereby his posterity, his lineage, his ancestors, all of humanity, Inherit a nature corrupt and wholly opposed to God and His Word. So, uh, first of all, we inherit a nature that is corrupt. It's defiled. It is flawed and holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. All 100% opposed to God. We are rebels. We are depraved. There's nothing good in us. We would not run after God. We would run away from God. We despise God. We despise the law of God because of our sin nature. And also... Uh, we are under condemnation. The sentence, the judgment of God has been cast, and we are guilty sinners deserving of death. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23, and Romans 6.23 says, and the wages of those sin is death. It goes on to say, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, but that is the good news of the next few sections of our study. So let's get back to this deplorable situation that we find ourselves in. Under condemnation, and then third, as soon as they are capable of moral action, become actual transgressors. So I don't really like the way that last part's worded because it almost sounds like we're not sinners until we sin, but that's that's not right. We are sinners, and because we are sinners, then we we do sin. We, are, we have a, a sin nature. So um, I, I thought, well, what were they trying to say? Because I know they weren't trying to say that we don't become sinners until we actually sin, because that would go against our basic Baptist beliefs. So, so this is what I came up with. When it says that um, whereby his posterity inherit a sin nature or a nature corrupt, that's talking positionally. So positionally, they're saying we are sinners. So they, they got that right. And then it says, as soon as they're capable of moral action, become actual transgressors. To me, that is the practical outplaying of that sin nature. So to me, the first part is the position, sinners. And then the last part is the practical, and that is that we sin. So 
there you have it. Um, the good news, of course, is that Jesus forgives us of our sins and cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. The good thing is that though we are people who are not the people of God, we can become the people of God by the grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. So I don't want to leave you with this terrible uh, taste in your mouth about the fall of man. However, we need to remember where we came from. We need to remember whose we used to be and who we used to be. That we now belong to the Lord. We should rejoice. So be so very thankful for what God has rescued us from and through and placed us into. Uh, by His grace and for His glory. So, uh, you know what? Why don't we take a moment and pray about this? Father, we rejoice in You. You are so awesome. God, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You, Lord God, for Your touch upon our lives. We thank You for Your unconditional love for us. And Father, we thank You that You created us in Your image. We thank you, Father, that we have this amazing relationship with you through your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we could not have it if it weren't for Jesus, that we could not reach up to you in our sin. Thank you, Lord God, that you would not reach down to us in our sin, and then that you would reach down in the form of your Son, sending redemption so that we might be able to have access to you. Hallelujah. Lord, may you encourage your people today to be faithful to remember these great doctrines, the ones that that um, we're pretty much ashamed of because of our sin, but then also those doctrines that we glory in because of your rescue. Father, we love you and we praise you. Help us to be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Doctrine and Duty. Uh, I look forward to uh, I look forward to the next episode, to doing it. I look forward to you joining in the next episode. Tell all your friends, tell all your family members, write them, email them, call them, tweet them, uh, Facebook them, FaceTime them. Let them know about this awesome podcast ministry. Let's go global, shall we? Have a super day. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m., And find us online at abch.org.